Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Sue is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and also a certified newborn care specialist. She founded Tender Care Newborn Services, which is based out of Orlando, Florida, and serves families both nationally and internationally through her virtual services. Sue's coaching helps teach little ones to sleep eight to 12 hours a night and allows everyone in the household to get the rest they need. Sue began her journey working with children and families nearly 25 years ago as a nanny and educator. And in the last several years, Sue has found that her passion lies not only in working with babies and families, but in helping them to conquer sleep challenges. Sue sets families up for success by providing parents with the tools they need to help their children to learn to sleep reliably and peacefully. I absolutely love that. Sue, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being willing to chat with me today. Thank you for having me. I wanted to bring you on the show to discuss what it looks like to step out of your comfort zone. Uh, but before we get to that, I think it would be really helpful if you shared your story. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business and how it's evolved, especially in these past few years. Sure. So as you um, gathered from my introduction, I've worked with families and children for many, many years, but I'll just go back to around 2016. Um, I was working as a newborn nanny, and I found out through this family all about sleep training and sleep conditioning, and I was so intrigued that I began taking some courses and giving up working daytimes and finding families looking for overnight care. By 2018, I was so busy and spread thin. There were many weeks I was working with two families, seven nights a week. 10 to 6, coming home, trying to sleep for a few hours. And then I had a little side gig of consulting. So needless to say, it was a lot, but I did really, really love it. I was thriving with working with these families one-on-one and really enjoying it. But obviously, I can only be in so many places at once. And I was getting tired, you know. So around 2018, it was very interesting. I um started meeting some nannies here in Orlando that were interested in working overnights. And they just kept asking and asking if I would put them to work. So one day I just said, that's it, I'm, I'm going to give us a shot. So that's when Tender Care formally became an agency and a business. I formed an LLC, started building my team, training these girls to do exactly what I would do if I was in the home. Um, By the end of the year, in the beginning of 2020, I had six or seven caregivers going out and I had phased myself out of most of the overnights except to fill in once in a while. So it was amazing. I felt like it was such a great challenge. The challenge kept me going. Um, Having that goal and making this happen was really exciting for me. But what I ended up finding was managing people in a team wasn't my passion. My passion is being with the families. I mean, Truly, I would love to be in homes holding babies, cuddling babies. I love babies, but I'll get into why I don't do that anymore. But my passion wasn't managing a team and doing the contracts and doing all the back work. 
And uh, so I quickly found myself burning out, putting out, you know, and, and when you're a manager, you're putting out fires, you know, getting in the calls at 30 minutes before a shift starts, having the car, someone's car break down or they can't make it to work. And you're just constantly doing that. And I know people thrive that are really, that's their gift, but that was not my gift. So 2020 came, we were, the agency was thriving um, financially and the girls were doing great, but I wasn't really thriving in it. So it was around the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021, that I started talking to my husband about possibly moving this side gig into the forefront, you know, and really getting into more virtual support. At that time, I thought I would probably do maybe a couple overnights here and there to help parents that really wanted the in-home training, but I wasn't sure, but I figured it would evolve, you know? Um, so what ended up happening there was in 2020, we made a decision that I, I, I couldn't quit the overnight nanny portion right away. We had contracts through the summer, but I wasn't going to take on any more contracts. Um, and it, a couple of the nannies were getting pregnant and wanting to move on anyway. And I didn't really want to go through the new hiring process and all of that. So we decided we would just kind of let that phase out and I would start really pushing these consulting jobs. However, around April, a few weeks later, after making that decision, my husband traveled to Massachusetts to work for the summer. And within a week, he ended up in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. So having made that decision prior, to this happening was an amazing timing because I was able to just take everything with me and just go to Massachusetts and be by his side. Obviously, I didn't work for a lot of that time, but once he was out of the hospital and recovering, um, you know, having this virtual business just was everything that I needed. It was the best decision. I didn't know that you had already decided to pivot to virtual work when your husband got sick. That's like such an amazing sort of like blessing in disguise that you had already discussed that, like, this is the first I'm hearing of that. I always, when I think of your story, I, and this is just me knowing you from the internet, right? Like, I just thought here you had this successful uh, agency and, you know, you obviously knew your stuff when it came to sleep support, but I really always thought that your decision to pivot to virtual was because your husband became sick. I didn't know that like you had already decided that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm not going to lie. I definitely had some doubts. I kept thinking even before he got sick, am I making the right decision? This is getting out of my comfort zone again. Can I really make this work? And then when he got sick, of course, you know, when we came back, we were in Massachusetts for six months. And when we came back, I was, you know, maybe I should go back to work nights and do consulting, but I couldn't because of his health. I couldn't risk um, exposing him to anything. He yeah. had gotten sick again, you know, it, he may not have survived. So yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of people, I just think people know it and they don't know that part of the story. So it's really fascinating. Well, and I think that that's really, that's really like important to our conversation today because we came on today to talk about stepping outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, I always thought that you were forced to step outside of your comfort zone, but you actually decided on your own to step outside of your comfort zone, which I actually think is really special and really awesome. Now, would you have gone through with it as aggressively as you did had your husband not gotten sick? I guess we'll never know, right? Like maybe that was the catalyst that really forced you 
into going for something that you had maybe dreamt on and thought about and discussed with friends. Um, we'll never know how quickly you would have sprung into action if your life had just carried on as normal, right? right? I think I probably would have kept lingering with sending some caregivers out and, you know, keep dipping my foot in that, in that pool, so to speak. And you know, while working on the the virtual part of it, but definitely this happening to us is was definitely pushed me forward. The decision was made, but then it really, it just really made it solidified. When I think about you know stepping outside of your comfort zone, the one thing that always comes to my mind is like the fear around all of that, right? Like we all have so much fear around doing things that feel uncomfortable. Um, so I'd love to hear sort of like what your fears were, but I also am wondering if your fears were pushed to the back burner because your true fear was just like, is my husband going to be okay? I don't kind of don't really care about anything else. It's sort of an interesting situation that you were up against. Yes. And so, you know, I was thinking about that and I definitely had concerns when it came to the business. Was I going to be able to take on enough clients to make, to make ends meet? But more importantly, were I, would I be able to do that and keep giving the support that I wanted to give to them so that they had the outcomes they wanted? We built the relationship between us that I wanted them to have. I didn't want anybody walking away feeling unfulfilled because my passion is for them to get their goals, meet their goals, and for me to help them. However, you're correct. There was so much going on in our life back then that... It's, it was really hard to put that in perspective at times when you're, we were really in survival mode. So yeah. in some ways it was helpful because I didn't have the, um, the, I didn't have to think about the business. I just did it. You were forced into sort of like a fight or flight sort of mode. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I guess there was some blessing. It was like a blessing in disguise because I didn't have time to really think about what I was doing. I just went ahead and did it. Yeah. Your fear that you did express about not being able to connect with your clients as closely and really um, meet their needs the same way virtually as you were doing when you were providing in-home support. I think that is a fear that I hear very often from um, the doulas, postpartum doulas and newborn care specialists that approach me about wanting to get into this line of work. That is a very common concern, right? That they're so used to being very hands-on and they're doing everything in real time, physically there, connecting with the families, connecting with the children, and then all of a sudden pivoting to a virtual support model where you're relying on tools like Zoom or FaceTime or just text message support. Um, was that a major adjustment for you? And did you feel like you needed to, did it take some time to figure out how to still make that connection using different tools? So I had been doing a lot of, you know, side gig consulting while doing the agency. So I did have some experience doing that. And I actually found it as an advantage, having had the hands-on experience as an advantage because I didn't question if the methods would work because I had already done them in person, right? So the biggest thing for me was being able to explain how to do them to the client. That was the hard part, was learning how to articulate it, 
put it into words, put it into the plan, um, get on the phone with them, you know, send them some videos on how to swaddle when they're with a newborn and, you know, just translating it to them without doing it in front of them. Yeah, which I think doesn't come naturally to a lot of people, especially if you're so used to just like getting your hands all dirty and just getting in there and doing it. You know, it's one thing to do it. It's another thing to explain something in a way that's organized and clear and concise and thoughtful and and not rambling, right? Um, Actually, the the final assessment of the course inside of CPSM is two case studies based on former clients of mine. And I ask students to write these sleep plans. And the whole point of that is to figure out how to get your thoughts and your ideas onto paper in a way that an exhausted parent would understand very clearly. And it's, it's harder than it sounds. It really is. It really is. And even getting on the phone with them and explaining it, it can be challenging because it's exactly they're sleep deprived. Yeah. You know, they just, and when you sleep, I know, and I can, you know, empathize with that because when I did overnights, I was sleep deprived. So I, I totally get it. Sometimes you just need to, to break things down to a very, very basic, a very basic way. Yeah, absolutely. So getting back to stepping outside of your comfort zone, uh, do you feel that this is the type of thing that gets easier the more and more you do it? Yes, I do. I mean, you know, even if I hadn't gone through this whole thing with my husband where that was more on the forefront, so I didn't have a lot of time to be uncomfortable over here in the business, I did keep reminding myself how I had to get out of my comfort zone to start my agency and to send caregivers out into into homes and I'm not there supervising them it was really, really scary. So, you know... I kept thinking back on that and how successful I was able to do that and how uncomfortable I was. And I drew on that, you know, if I could do it, do that, I can, I can do this. And so it really makes a difference. The more you do it, the easier it will get. It doesn't feel easy the first few times you're doing a new one, but you have your past experiences to pull on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is that you can't be committed to both your dreams and your comfort zone. Um, I, I feel like I live this every single day in my life. Um, You know, I think a lot of people look at me and they think, oh, like, this is easy for her. Business comes easy or, you know, sleep consulting. She's so good at this or she, you know, but like, I'm constantly operating outside of my own comfort zone. And, and like, yes, it gets easier to operate outside of your own comfort zone, the more and more you do it. But like, it's always outside of your comfort zone, right? Like if you're growing, you're always, you always got to be a little bit uncomfortable. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, I do agree with that. But I'll be honest, like right now, I would like to just, I wish I could just, you know, go back to those days I was showing up for a job and coming home. And, you know, there's days where I wish for that, but I know I wouldn't be fulfilled. Yeah. Well, and I think on a day-to-day basis, I'm glad you brought that up because on a day-to-day basis, I don't think you need to be uncomfortable every single day, right? Like (laughs) I think about, I think about my days in my business and like, sometimes I'm not at all uncomfortable. I'm just like doing what I'm good at and I'm doing what makes me feel good. And I'm doing extra of that because I don't have the energy or the stamina to feel uncomfortable every single day, you know? Um, But then in order to make step forward, sometimes you have to get on a, a 
Zoom that feels scary or you gotta you gotta go buy some Facebook ads or do something, you know, you gotta do something that, you know, right now, like the podcast was a big one for me. Um, I was really excited about doing the podcast. It was something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but it's really, really scary to put yourself out there and say, hey, listen to me every single week. Um, and if I'm being really truthful, like I've done, I don't know, 20 some episodes, I haven't done a single one by myself. Okay. So like, I, like that would be outside of my comfort zone right now. That's not to say that I'm never going to do it, but so far I haven't. So I like to point out these little things where like, even the people who seem like they're always so comfortable, there are plenty of things that I'm uncomfortable about. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean, we have to have our times of calm and then our times of really stepping out. Yeah. Is stepping outside of your comfort zone now a part of your business plan? Like, do you make a conscious effort to challenge yourself and to put yourself in a position to feel those butterflies in your stomach as you're trying new things? I do. I do. Like, for instance, I mean, I am trying to do better with social media, for example. I started a few months ago, I started working on doing little reels that you see so common on Instagram and getting my face out there versus just having, you know, written content. So that was huge for me. That was huge for me. And I will keep working on that. It's getting better as I do it. It's getting better. Yeah. Your yeah. content is probably getting better. And then also like you're yielding better results, I would imagine. Yeah. And I'm just more comfortable. I don't overanalyze every single little video I do now. Um, versus in the beginning, it would take hours just to do one 30 second snippet. It released, it felt that way, right? Because it still takes me, it still takes me that long. That's why I don't do it. It literally takes me two hours to make a 16 second reel. I can't do it. Right? So many retakes and over doing over. I know. And it's hard. It's really hard. And then, you know, at the end of the day, people are watching it literally for 30 seconds. So I have to tell myself that, you know, and then they're swiping you right away. They're like, yeah. see you later. <laughs> That was great. Goodbye. <laughs> right? They're not going to remember. <laughs> well, hopefully they're going to remember when they need sleep. But, you know, it's it's a definite comfort zone issue for me getting on there. And I think my next step, too, would be probably doing some Facebook Lives or Instagram Live, which is super scary. I was going to suggest public speaking. Um, you know, so many people, when I record these podcasts, and you said this to me off camera before we started, that you were so nervous, which by the way, you don't sound nervous, so you're great at public speaking. But, you know, this, I think, is an amazing exercise, just getting on, having this back and forth conversation, um, getting used to just showing up as the expert that you are. And even when it feels scary, you just sort of fake it till you make it and do the best you can. And then the next time, you know, I hope that maybe this conversation will inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone and maybe go live on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to do a Instagram live with you anytime we could go and do one of those. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, someday I'd like to get back out in, in the public front as well. Um, you know, maybe be speaking to at preschools or something of that nature, have mom groups, you know, possibly or live Facebook groups or, you know, that's in the future. For yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was sort of brainstorming some ways that I've stepped outside of my comfort zone recently. And I was thinking about just this morning, I interviewed somebody to work for me as sort of like a 
an assistant, like a virtual assistant, but she's actually local. So maybe she can do some in-person work with me. Um, you know, just the idea, and I'm sure you, you sort of touched on this earlier, the idea of like relying on somebody else to do the work that you're so used to doing yourself. That's scary. Is really, really scary. And I'm not even expecting this person to do anything. You know, she's going to like make some graphics for me and, you know, like it's, it's nothing that's going to be make or break. Um, but I have my way that I like to do things. And sometimes it feels easier to just do it myself than to like spend the time to explain to somebody else how to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually have a virtual assistant. She lives out in California. She does a lot of uh, the postings for me on social media, puts together, I do the reels and she'll put together the, the content. And she does some other back behind the scenes stuff for me, the newsletter and everything. And honestly, I, I love having her but it was scary at first but i love having her because she does the stuff that i don't really enjoy you know so i know that i would not be keeping up with social media because my past experience i know i would have a hard time keeping up with that in the newsletter and all the other little things and i think probably another big step for me will be if i as i get busier and busier with my clients is having her take on more responsibility maybe reaching out to clients. Sometimes I even started having her reach out to some of the clients and initiating a discussion and setting up, you know, if I'm unavailable, setting up the time and getting them on a waiting list or, or referring them out. So I have let her take on some of that and she's done great. It's hard though. It's really hard to let go of that. I want to, I want her to send me a copy of the email or, you know, you always want to be in the middle of it, but at some point, I have to allow things to happen. Yeah. What about yeah. with pricing? Like, how does it feel to raise your prices? Does that feel outside of your comfort zone? Or is that just, it, that's another thing that... I'm yeah. getting better with that too. And I was actually going to mention that because every year I really, you know, or or even sooner if needed, I'm because I, now that I'm full on just doing virtual support, I'm trying to streamline, find out how much time I really need on my packages and hone in so that I can be more efficient. And every time I make a change, I do feel uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, it's interesting when I was thinking about setting prices and, and like how that can make you feel uncomfortable. There's also a flip side to that coin because sometimes when I am starting to get overwhelmed in my business and I'm feeling like I'm spinning my wheels, um, Sometimes raising my pricing makes me just like refreshed and reinvigorated to, right? So it's almost like it puts me back into my comfort zone to to raise my prices because it puts me back to so like where I love to do the work. Right, right. Because you feel, for me, it's a challenge. Like, oh, if I can raise my prices, I know I'm worth it. And then the clients keep coming in. It's you've overcome that challenge. Yeah. It's it's like very validating. A challenge to to push myself. I need a challenge. That's how I am. It's what keeps me going. Yeah. So I guess like when I hear you say that, and I feel the same way, like in order to keep going, I need to constantly feel challenged as well. And I'm constantly setting up new challenges for myself. Like, you know, a month or so ago, I reached out to my web person who made my Center for Pediatric Sleep Management website, and she did a beautiful job. I I just like 
hired her to redo my consulting website, my snooze fest website. And like, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, but I just was getting, I was feeling stale. Like I needed a new like project and a new challenge. And it, what it did was it challenged me to relook at all the copy on my website. It challenged me to like really take a close eye and say like, is this what I want to be saying? Like, what are, what do these words mean? Are these words speaking to my ideal client, my ideal audience? Is this pricing serving me? Is this service serving me? Is, you know, and it really, it wasn't just about redoing my website. It was like challenging me to really step out of my comfort zone and challenge myself to like really hone in on what it is that I'm doing here, you know? Right. Right. Yes. And, and that proved to be like such a, such an invigorating exercise because now I'm like excited and refreshed and energized and ready to get out there. The new website's not live yet. So like, I'm almost there, but, but I'm, but I love that challenge of, like, let's refresh this and make sure that I'm still really excited to like put myself out there, you know, and I think that people who don't have that in them, um, they struggle to grow. Because if you're comfortable, if you're just like comfortable being comfortable, then like nothing changes. Like we say in sleep training, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. I just actually use that quote with a client of mine today. <laughs> I use it every day. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Exactly. And I think that that's true. Uh, That's true with our families that we support. And it's true with us as entrepreneurs. I agree 100%. Did you ever think that you'd be able to be in the position to make a living by fully providing virtual support? And I'm wondering what sort of mindset work went into you getting yourself there? I didn't ever, like when I first started out, the, the overnights and then building into a business, I always thought that the consulting would be like a part-time thing, even if we as a family got financially stable to where I could let go of the agency side. I just figured, well, the consulting will be a part-time thing because we won't need as much of income. I never really dreamed that it would become big like this. Yeah. And how did you how did you get yourself to a place where you would you say that it's sort of like you were forced into that mindset, given given your sort of family circumstances? Or did you have to work on that from a mindset perspective? Were there things that you told yourself? Did you have to pump yourself up to get yourself to a place where you really believed that you were capable? So I learned through social media that people were actually doing this full time and making a great living at it. And I felt as though if other people can do it, so can I. And if I could make an agency and and do what I did in the past, then I could do this. The the mindset was, you know, a lot of it was I had just drew on my faith and my belief in myself to make things happen, you know, with the help of my faith. And I just really felt like if other people can do this, why can't I? Right. And then, of course, with everything that happened to us last year, you know, there wasn't any choice. So when they're when you're kind of your backs against the wall, you make it happen. You go for it. You go for it. I mean, when we first moved to Orlando in 2016, I was told by many people that there's no overnight work here. You're never going to get work. It's never going to happen. And then and I said, no, no, there's there's so many families here having babies every day. Like it's going to happen. I 
built in the very beginning, I built my own website. I researched SEO. I did it all myself and I thrived. So I figured if I can make that happen um, now, I'm not limited to Orlando. I'm limited to the, all of the United States. I have I have a whole following in Montreal, in Canada. Um, you know, the world is... Your oyster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, um, I love that that's been your mindset. It's my mindset too. And I think that um, it's such a sort of like winning recipe for success when you're in the entrepreneurial world is to have the proper mindset. Like I cannot stress enough how important that is. I really think it's the difference between people who make it and people who don't is like, do you just believe that you're capable? Because, and there's another quote and I'm going to botch it, but I'm going to try. There's some sort of meme or quote that says like, if you don't believe that you can make it, then like, you're right. Right. Like, you know, something like that. Right. Like, if you don't believe that you're capable, then like, you're not, you're not. Yeah. And and if you do believe that you're capable, then you are like, you're the only person that's getting in your own way. You know, like there's nobody else that can stop you uh, besides you. And it sounds like it sounds cliche or cheesy or whatever to say, but it is really the truth that like we are our own biggest roadblock to success. And like, if we get out of our own way, uh like the sky's the limit and you know we have all of these ideas in our head telling us like this is going to be hard this isn't going to be possible nobody's doing this nobody needs this you know like it's crazy it's crazy talk yeah yeah the negative voices are the hardest thing to overcome right yeah yeah Yeah, it's and i hear it you know i sit across the zoom every single day from people who are interested in becoming sleep consultants and almost all of them express self-doubt about their ability to be successful and so it's sort of like a full-time job i have of like telling people that you know i i believe in you but like if you don't believe in yourself then like you don't have a chance right and like i'm happy to i'm happy to help you learn to believe in yourself but you know if you don't think that you can do it then you can't and if you do think that you can do it you can and the only way that you ever fail is if you stop trying and you quit. I was just going to say that there is no failure because as long as you pick yourself up and you just keep moving, try something yeah. different. If something doesn't work, you you evolve into something else, just like I did with the agency. Yeah, I love that. Um, there was a time where I kept saying to myself, well, I failed. And, and no, I evolved, right? I love that. And that's mindset, right? Like you could have seen any number of moments in your career as sort of like individual mini failures, we all have them, right? Like every single day I get on a discovery call with a family that maybe doesn't hire me. It literally happens almost every single day. Nobody believes this about me, but like not everybody that gets on the phone with me says, yeah, I want to work with you. I'm not the right fit for everybody. Um, I don't, I don't land hundred percent of my clients or students into CPSM or anything like that. Right. Like we have to, hear the word no to hear the word yes. And you know, if you get so caught up in all of the all of the down portions of the roller coaster, then like you never see the fun stuff. Right. Right. I mean I was going through some of my um inquiry forms not very long ago. And there were a lot that never signed up. But then if you look at all the ones that have, 
it's just, you always, you know, I look at all those other ones as practice, you, you know, you have your practice discovery calls or your practice emails and eventually people come back, you know, you, even if the, even if not the first time they'll come back to the second time, or I've had people that didn't sign up at all, but they still gave my name to someone else. Uh, that happens to me all the time, all the time. People refer me that didn't work with me. And they'll yep. literally say, I had a great Jane, I had a great conversation with Jane. I didn't hire her, but like you should hire her. And like then the other family does. Yes. So you never know when you're planting a seed, right? So you just always have to keep that communication going. And then, you know, I have I hang up from discovery calls where I feel like they're never gonna sign up and then they pay the invoice that day. Yeah. You just never know. People surprise me every day. What's on the horizon for you? What are you planning in the future? Any sort of like big, bold moves outside of your comfort zone that you are plotting that you want to share? I'm not really plotting anything except, you know, maybe getting out there on fit on some live in, you know, social media soon, eventually. Um, if I keep getting busier and busier, like I think I mentioned before, I'm definitely going to need to hand over more responsibility to other people. Um, but I'm just not sure where where I would do that because if I didn't enjoy having a team and managing a team before, I'm not sure having a team of consultants is really a smart move. But maybe if I learn a different way to do it, you know, it's very possible that I need a little more education on that end and uh, learn a different way to do it. So I don't feel like it's such a burden, you know. Or maybe maybe it's that you need to bring on somebody that has gone through the same training as you and that is already up to speed, right? Like actually um, a few of the ladies within the CPSM community who have sort of grown their businesses to the point where they wanna take on uh, consultants to work alongside of them or under them, however you wanna say it, um, have reached out to me and said, you know, hey, has anybody good come through the doors? Like who, who can you recommend? And, you know, the interesting thing is a lot of the ladies that are sort of really green, but really, really strong, they don't want to go work for somebody else. They want to start their own business. Right. Um, so the struggle is to find somebody that's really, really strong that uh, knows their stuff, but like, doesn't want to do the business side and just wants to do the work. Right. But but now that I know that that's sort of on the horizon for you, I will keep my eyes and ears open for you and, and we'll see. Anything's possible. Anything's <laughs> possible. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Before we wrap up, where can everybody find you? Do you want to share a website, social media, share your Instagram since now you're doing reels. So it's tendercarenewbornservices.com and it's the same thing on Instagram, tendercarenewbornservices, Facebook, tendercarenewbornservices. Sue, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was an absolute pleasure and can't wait to reconnect soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review and subscribe. This helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I'm so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.